Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. This is our final installment of our relationship series, and we really hope it's helped you guys. I mean, I know we started with TV. We talked about codependency. We're dealing with rejection. And we really hope that you enjoyed our guest last week, Kate. Um, Her book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, is so powerful. And hear how she got to a place where she could be thankful for rejection, because we all know that's the journey. But honestly, hindsight 2020, I look back on my life and all the fools that I dated, and I was like, Lord, thank you for rejecting me. I mean, that is real. It's a real word. word there. Oh. <sighs> and so I think today, of where my life would be if I would have married oh, that same. fool. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm thinking of one in particular. I'm like, mm, really same. glad that didn't work out. Oh. Not only would I be divorced, but I probably would be like anti-marriage. I don't even know what oh, would have happened. I'd be so lonely. <laughs> I would have been so lonely in that <laughs> totally. marriage. Oh, been the oh, worst. totally, friend. I get the that. Worst. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, it's it's good to talk about, um, you know, the past and our history, but also our present. And yeah. Tiffany and I love marriage. Like, we have amazing marriages. And actually, I've been getting so many questions on Instagram and via direct message. And I just had a couple Ooh. of girls reach out to me um, via text today who are in my world just asking questions about marriage. And they're newly married. And so Tiffany and I thought we would be do finish our relationship series with a podcast about marriage. And we don't have, like, a strategic plan and 10 things we're going to tell you about marriage or how to prepare for marriage, but just like a great dialogue between two friends who really love their husbands and enjoy marriage. And we thought that might be a blessing to you guys as you're either preparing to marry someday, or maybe you're in a marriage, or perhaps you're in a conflict right now that it feels insurmountable in your marriage, or maybe you are recovering from a divorce or dating again after marriage. We don't know what you might right. be facing, friend, but yeah. we do understand pain and heartache, and we know what it's like to have to cultivate health and life within the context of marriage and relationships. And so we want to make sure that we share our wisdom with you guys. So Tiffany, do you want to jump us off? We love Derek, by the way. Derek is one of the funniest human beings I've ever met in my life. He is absolutely hysterical. He reads books faster than any human on God's green earth. And he finds the best things on Twitter. So why don't you tell us? He's a a little, he's a Twitter finder, like an excavator of all good things on Twitter. Just the good ones. He finds the bad stuff, but doesn't share that with me if it's sad. Um, So one of the things that really comes to mind, and this is something that I'm just in the weeds with. So we, um, as listeners, you know, we have two kids and it's, it's a lot, right? Kids are a lot, whether they're high functioning, low functioning, wherever they're at, it's a lot. And so one of the things that just as I would make time for a close friend, I have to make time for my husband in that same way. Like you are my close friend time to be friends. I think that is just been the bedrock of our marriage. I shared last week how, you know, in my relationship with Derek, it wasn't this like, Oh, I like you from the beginning. It was a slow (laughs) burn. And we really started out with this just delightful friendship. And we've, I think it's been the anchor of our relationship of just enjoying one another's company, enjoying one another's presence. In fact, even this morning listeners, um, 
before 9 a.m. That's right, people. Before 9 a.m., I did a full week's grocery shop with my husband. And we looked at each other and we're like, <laughs> man, I just enjoy being with you. I enjoy just shooting yeah. the breeze with you and doing the ordinary everyday life stuff. Again, just as we would make time and carve out time for our close girlfriends or whoever's in our life, right? Um, we want to make that kind of time for our spouse. And so I just yeah. think as there's just so much that is demanded of you in life, whether it's work, whether it's kid, whether it's church, whatever it is, yeah. so much drains us. And we have only so much emotional capacity in a day. But if you think of that 100% capacity, can you give 15, 20, maybe sometimes 5% to the person that you've chosen to spend the rest of your life with in an intentional way, not a haphazard way, not a like, hey, let's sit down and zone out. But don't get me wrong, there's space for that and it's beautiful and holy totally. and I believe it's sacred. Yes. <laughs> Y'all know how absolutely. much we love Madam Secretary, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but but to just truly be with one another. So I would say the first thing that we often, and again, this is something Derek and I joke, I'm like, we're like, after these fools move out, it's just going to be you and me again. Like, we got to like right. each other. We got to enjoy yes. each other. Because I'm with yes. you longer than I'm with my kids in my house. You know, yeah. they say eight, They say 20 is the new 18 of when your kids leave. So if I've got 20 years with these with these cats, I've still got hopefully another, God willing, so many more years with my husband. Yeah. So really making time to cultivate a friendship. I don't want that to grow stale. I don't want that to grow stagnant. So really being intentional. We always, we often talk about the books we're reading. Um, as Ashley said, he's an avid reader. And so we talk about the books we're reading, uh, the podcasts we're listening to, how we're processing the news, how we're processing something in our relationship with the Lord, something at church. So just making time to listen and hear one another and give that same active listening and body language just as we would a friend. Yes. Gosh, same. It's one of my favorite things about Cody. We started out as friends and then it turned into something more. Same thing. I wouldn't have thought about dating him prior to that. But I think another thing that we, we've we done very well in our marriage is that we have navigated seasons so well. Like It's something that we really take the time to do. Um, if you've been listening with a long, for a long time with us, Cody and I have made a cross-country move twice in our marriage. Ooh. We have um, three children. We, just, we have a nine-week-old baby, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old. Um, we've been in quarantine for an entire year and we've gone through tremendous loss in our relationship you know when Cody and I were dating my stepmother passed away from cancer him and I have changed jobs several times since we've been married we've bought two different homes since we've been married we've moved to different apartments I mean as you know like the top five stressors in life are about moving finances having a baby buying a home like we've gone through all of them and what I will say is in our relationship friendship certainly helped but also adjusting expectations you know one of the things that Cody talks about often is he says an unfair an unspoken expectation is an unfair expectation. And so I think the recipe to perpetual disappointment in marriage or frankly any relationship is when you don't communicate your expectations, you don't communicate what you hope for, what you desire, or you hold people to a standard that's impossible. Like, you know, having a nine-week-old baby and two other kids at home, there's no way we can go on dates every single week. So if I was constantly disappointed with him for not taking me on a date every week, can you imagine, like I would just be sulking and be frustrated and feeling like he's not doing enough instead of adjusting our life and expectations to the season. You know what? Come on. We now. have a newborn. We have two little boys running around driving us wild. Like it looks like date nights are going to have to be on the couch with some great dinner talking Amen. and watching a show. And so I think that you know, you have to really understand the season of your life. And when you understand the season of your life, you can look out on the landscape of your relationships and go, wow, okay, what what do I need? And not just what do I need, but what does the person I'm engaged in this relationship with need? How do they need to be cared for right now? Are they sleeping, not sleeping? Are they going through something hard? Or do they have a big event coming up? Like what's going on? And then being able to adjust yourself accordingly, I think not only helps you not live in perpetual disappointment, but it also helps you show up 
in relationship in a way that causes reciprocity and meaningful connection. And so that that for us has been huge. Um, and we've seen other couples we do so much premarital <laughs> and we've seen other couples just fight like cats and dogs because they they both want it their way or they both don't want to adjust to the season or they have these really high expectations that are impossible for the season of life that they're in and we have to just adjust ourselves and not in a way where we have no expectations but in a way that's like i honor you i see you and i love you and i'm here <laughs> oh wow so well said friend i love that just the, you know these high expectations and then what someone can actually meet that mm-hmm. gray area of between those two is where chaos is caused, right? right. Like that's where so much disappointment lives. And so that brings me to kind of my next point of just communication, being able to communicate your needs and what you can offer to the other person realistically. And and like she just said, there's no room for pride. There's just no room to be like, this is my way or the highway. That's not marriage. That's injustice. That is is like bondage. That is not okay. And so knowing that like, okay, here's what I can realistically offer to you in this season. like she said, managing seasons, I just, I, that's so well said. Um, and then being able to communicate what you need, being able to say, here's what really blesses me right now. One of, this is very practical. Um, yeah. and, and my relationship right now is my husband's a realtor. And so not only does he work Monday through Friday, but his weekends are just, he's gone all weekend. So I've got kids all weekend and it's not, you know, normal times where I could be taking them to soccer practice or to cook out with friends or something maybe going on at church or anything like that. We're just stuck home all weekend, which is, which is beautiful because, you know, they need to recharge their batteries and do their Legos and marble tracks and all that good stuff. But it's very lonely and it's difficult and it's a lot. And so one of the things I have requested of him, I'm like, out of the weekend, can I at least just have like one day with you like one day where you're home present because again that's their only time to be with their dad as well our kids yeah so it's just this like i get it that you need to maybe go 7 a.m to 7 p.m or 9 p.m the first on a saturday or the sunday yeah but just give it give it give us one day give these give these children one day give me one day your presence one day and it's and it's it, it's a, it's costing us so if he has to hire someone to go show the showings those day on his behalf you know that that's money but that's something we're like we'll find a way to pay for that because your presence means more you know and that's we've not yeah. always have the opportunity to do that um or trying to stack them and so he, he purposely doesn't make himself available one of those days on the weekend again very practical but communicating the expectations and then sometimes i'm like you know what? i get it it's a busy weekend you got to be gone both days can you be home by four on one of those days. Like, you know, yeah. just being able to be like, here's what I can realistically handle without losing my life, <laughs> right. losing my, losing every inch of dignity and, and peace in me. Yeah. And here's what I can offer you, but here's what I need from you. So just constant communication. And I'd, I'm a three on the Enneagram. My husband's a two. So communication is high on both of our um uh, skill sets. That's something we have cultivated as well. But I think in any relationship, no matter where you fall, I think it is so valuable to communicate um, what you can realistically do in any given week, day, month, year. It matters. It totally does. You know, Cody and I talk about, um, I want, I think, I need, I feel. And so sitting with yourself to go, what do I want? What do I need? What do I think? And what do I feel? And really understanding yourself, being self-aware enough to know what's happening. And I'll tell you why this is really important. It's because if you are in a relationship with a person who is unwilling to listen to you, and that when you do express what you need, maybe there's a fight back or there is a resistance to offering you an opportunity to share or an opportunity to show up for you in the way that you might 
might need. It can help you hold your boundaries. Um, you know, I have a dear friend who has a phrase that she uses really often, which is, I'm not owning that. And so in her relationships, when somebody is resistant to reciprocity or when they are unwilling to sort of bend or unwilling to meet her halfway for something, she'll think to herself, I'm not owning that. So in other words, when you express a need or a want or a desire, within marriage and perhaps your spouse doesn't respond or maybe they say, yeah, 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 but then they keep doing the thing that they've always done and there's no real change or connection, it becomes important to go, I'm not owning that. That's not my fault. I'm not here to fix them. I'm not here to change them. I'm not here to help them grow. I'm here to own my own needs, my own wants, my own desires, my own feelings, my own thoughts, so that I can exist in this relationship without taking on something that doesn't belong to me or taking responsibility for things that don't belong to me. Because I think, you know, we, we've talked about codependency already. Mm. But sometimes that can really happen in marriage where you realize like, gosh, I've been asking for the same thing, but they're not responding to me. Or I just want them to do this or that and they don't do it. Or they say they're going to do it and then they don't show up. And then what happens? We pick it all up. And so I think in marriage, you have to resist picking it all up. And especially if you have more of a caretaking nature, I know that's how that's what I've had to raise myself out of. But if you have a more caretaking um, nature, then sometimes you can begin to pick up all the responsibilities and down the track, it builds so much resistance not just for you as the person who has to do it all, but also for your partner who feels like you're doing everything for them. And so I think it's really important to go, I'm not owning that and be self-aware enough to know like, hey, these are these are the things that I need and, and continue to be expressing them, even though that sometimes requires us to fight through rejection. It requires us to fight through feeling like, gosh, every time I ask for something, I don't always get it because we know everybody listening is not in a healthy relationship. You know, <laughs> you can't okay. just ask for what you need and receive that. And so it's important to know, you know, that you can keep working on being whole yourself so that you don't take on responsibility for someone who's unwilling to change right now. And I I love that statement. It's so punchy and easy to remember. I'm not owning that. Like, it's just this like, hey, codependency is real. It can sneak in at any time. Mm, Nope. Here's how I remember. I am not owning what is not mine to own. Oh, so good. I think just a few things that maybe um, you might assume, but in the spirit of unsaid expectations and remembering it is important to communicate that. I just want to say talking well about your spouse to other people. I yes, think that there's huge. so much room to build up. Um, I get, I, I consider it an honor to gush about my husband, about his, um, business acumen, about his passion for people, about his heart to serve. Like it is a joy to gush about my husband to, to anyone who will listen, to anyone yeah. in conversation, it will always be said that I will speak well of him. I, I, I will not allow ill words to pass through my lips. And so I just think yep. speaking well of our spouse um, yes. versus Huge. throwing them under the bus or just, it, you know, especially if you're going to be misunderstood, it just tears down. I mean, it's just, it, it really can cause a lot of unnecessary division. And especially if we don't mean any harm, it still can be so harmful and so hurtful. Yeah. And you also just don't know who's on the other side of that conversation, you know, because right. like, if you're looking for encouragement and you share something that you're struggling with and the person, you know, encourages you to just be like, ah, oh, well, it's just this way or that way or do this thing or that thing. And they have sort of a hopeless demeanor about it. Then you want to really be able to share your struggles within marriage with someone who can not only hear them, but also encourage you while you're in it instead of making you feel like, like, oh, yeah, it's just, you know, men are this way or husbands are this way. Like you want to go to people with your marriage struggles and and share without feeling like somebody's going to drag you down into their mess as well. <laughs> so I really yeah. love that, like speaking well about your spouse and then also feeling like I, I need to share the struggles that I have because no marriage is perfect and everybody right. has things that they're working through. 
Um, and so I, I really love that. I think that's awesome to think about, you know, not only how we speak about them and who we talk to, because that is important. And it sets the tone for how you think about your relationship. You know, mm-hmm. when you're constantly, what you speak out is the thing that becomes Come word on. to you. Come on. So you do have to think about that. I love it. Mm. Ashley, I want to know, how do you and Cody have fun? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's different in quarantine. I mean, you know, if you are following the news, California has been in in a hardcore lockdown for an entire year. So um, there isn't a lot of things that we used to do for fun that we're still able to do. You know, Cody and I love to travel. We love to get out. We love to eat out. We love to go down to the beach. Like there's so many great things that we've really enjoyed that are fun for us that are not in our lives right now. And so I think it's figuring out the little things and, you know, whether it's making our coffee routine in the morning, you know, and Mm. or being outside with the kids doing a Nerf gun battle. Like there's, there's fun ways that we try to, or getting out of the house and picking up takeout, you know, (laughs) fun has certainly changed for us, but I don't think that it's the same kind of fun that we really fully enjoy. We've just had to sort of adjust our life, you know, because we can't get out and do things um, to relieve stress that we used to do or to, you know, have a good time. Like we can't, if even if we got a sitter to go out and date until this week, actually, or last week, we wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Like we could eat takeout in the car. Like, okay, that doesn't sound fun. (laughs) So I, I think fun for us is figuring out, okay, having a nice rhythm and routine of rest throughout the day. Like Cody and I very often are passing off kids throughout the day, whoever has a work call or whoever needs a break or here, I'm going to go have 20 minutes of just time with Jesus. You know, you take these (laughs) kids. And so I think, I think it's fun for us to sort of, you know, figure out how we can love each other and help each other rest well through this. And um, there's really not a lot of fun in the newborn stage either. Like you're not in, in traditional fun sense, you know, you're like staring at a baby and holding her and loving her and watching her laugh for the first time like all that has been really fun for us too in this season but it's not traditional like marriage fun right. <laughs> it's again right. adjusting to the season <laughs> totally totally i also have to echo although our restaurants have had outdoor seating available y'all it's like 41 degrees <laughs> and even in the right. morning people are out there sitting in not these like great. Yeah, with heat lamps and barkas and gloves. And I'm like, that's, Gosh. no, my knees can't take that. My knees can't take that. That's terrible. That pressure. Yeah, no, it's not good. <laughs> um, so we have not, we have not been, we haven't gone out or anything like that in, in well over a year. Oh gosh, no, just about a year. You know what? It's probably over a year because we hardly go out anyway, just right. the two of us, maybe once a year where we go like eat out. But um, uh, so yeah, for, very much over a year. But one of the ways that we like to have fun, and again, this is so simple, but is dessert after the kids go to bed. Derek will make some chocolate chip cookies. He started making these when we were first married. He has a secret little recipe, and they're so yummy. So we we freeze the dough, and oh, you ready for this? Listeners, you can thank me later. The trick that I recently learned is to put your baking sheet in the freezer for like five minutes, and so then your cookies won't spread as bad. They won't get as flat. So there you go, people. Put your that. baking sheet in the freezer. Um, <laughs> so sometimes he'll make us just like enough for that night. So like two cookies each, and then we split a LaCroix because that's our nightly drink, and or a cup of chamomile, which is also something I love, and um, and just chit-chat or read next to one another, um, just the little things. Yeah, you're right. It's in, the, in quarantine, I honestly don't really remember the things we did even before quarantine because <laughs> um, they were probably very similar, but uh yeah, especially in the time of season of, of little ones, the the yeah. it it just is enough to fall in bed every night when you're just exhausted. But no Absolutely. matter what season you're in, I pray that you are finding fun and 
um, knowing that fun can be had, even if it's something small, it doesn't have to be big and grand. It doesn't have to be a fancy meal out or a, or a trip to Santa Barbara. Like it can be clearly, that's what I want people. I want you to read between the lines. That's what I really want, but it's not happening. (laughs) That's not my life. So (laughs) I'll make some chocolate chip cookies and call it a day. I love that. (laughs) Also, that makes me think of like different values in marriage too, because to be honest, like I don't have a, like, I don't, I don't look for fun. Does that make sense? Like it's not a high, it's a very, very low on the totem pole of what I want for my life. Like I don't think about things being fun, but Cody is wired that way. Like he's quite joyful. He's looking for fun and all the things he's doing and he makes, you know, ordinary things fun, but I don't care about that. Like, I don't need to have fun to feel like I feel valued in my marriage or like we're connected. And so that's been actually a journey for us. So for those of you who are married or in relationships, sometimes you do have to figure out like, what are your values? And then how do we cultivate that in our relationship? Because it's not a high value for me, but it is a high value for Cody. And so making, you know, the day-to-day routines and rhythms fun is really important. And I think about vacations because you just brought up Santa Barbara. Barbara, you know, that's one of the number one things couples fight about is vacation. Is where to go? And, oh, wow. Yeah, and not not where to go, but how to vacation. So they oh, get on the trip and one yeah. wants to lay in the bed all day and read a book and the other one wants to be out and doing different things and hanging out. And it's all fun in the honeymoon. But then years later when you start vacationing with families maybe or you vacation together and you realize like, I don't want to get out of this bed for two days and that is a vacation. <laughs> when the other person's like, oh my gosh, I want to go zip lining or I want to go for a walk or I want to go shopping. And you're just like, ah! And so it's actually one of the number one ways that couples fight. And so it's really important to know what values are driving you? And Tiffany already mentioned the Enneagram, but that's a fun one to figure out because it does tell you what your motivators are. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important to know because um, fun is not high on my radar, but it absolutely is for Cody. <laughs> okay. On the vacation thing, nothing could be truer. I remember even on our honeymoon, I just wanted to sit by the beach all day. We went to, gosh, somewhere in Mexico, I think Puerto Vallarta. And I just wanted to sit and have my cute little drinks. And I brought like six novels, you know. (laughs) And he's like, no, let's go into town. Let's explore. Let's, you know, rent some jet skis and all of this. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wait a second. This is our first vacation together. And we have hit a wall, people. And every vacation is a similar experience. I want to relax. And he wants, this is even before kids. And he's like, no, let's go explore. So now we have a a pretty good happy medium. But um, you're right. Oh, how funny. Finding way, what, you know, everyone defines fun and relaxation and rest differently. Absolutely. And so being able to communicate that before it happens, well before it happens. Oh, because then there's, again, it can end so easily in disappointment. Yes, exactly. And um, I know we're getting ready to wrap up here, but I wanted to bring up one more thing in uh, marriage and relationships, but especially in marriage. You know, I'm so passionate about normalizing conflict because I think sometimes we assume, especially in the beginning, maybe that if we have a healthy marriage, there'll be no conflict. Or sometimes you're dealing with conflict on a daily basis and you don't know how to deal with it. Or perhaps you have these underlying resentments that really are just constant tensions in your marriage. And I just wanted to encourage you guys that conflict is so normal. And in fact, every intimate relationship, the longer it goes, the closer it gets. If you don't have conflict, that's quite weird. Like it is a very normal thing to disagree or to have, to run into a problem or to be hurt or to feel disappointed. And all those things are normal human experiences. And so I think that um, educating yourself 
yourself about what kind of tools do you have in conflict? You know, like we have, we have a few like ground rules in conflict, which are just to stay kind and to not name call. And, you know, one of the, one of our marriage mentors prior to marriage was just like, Hey, we just don't even put divorce on the table. And my caveat right. for that is like, if you were in an abusive marriage or relationship, yeah. I mean, that is, that needs to be said always whenever you talk about conflict, because some people are in abusive relationships staying because they believe that they're supposed to. And in reality, no one should have to suffer under physical right. abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, spiritual, none of it should be right. happening in a relationship. So that's right. the caveat. But I want you to know that conflict is super normal, you guys, and it's okay to work it out. But n- keeping it kind, you know, Cody says, keep it classy. That's how he likes to say it just because he's fun. I'm not fun. I'm like, be kind. And he's like, keep yeah. it classy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. But keep that's it important. Keep it classy. And so don't name call and figure out ways to communicate with one another. Again, if you identify your wants and your needs and the other things that we've talked about here, I think that will help you engage in healthy conflict and communication like Tiffany was talking about earlier in a way that's that's very healthy, but it's normal. And I will say you don't have to have every problem solved to still love each other. You know, that was a lie that I used yeah. to believe that you couldn't be you couldn't stay kind in the middle of a conflict or before something is resolved, but you totally can. You can still love each other. You can still connect. You can still put the conflict down and sit next to each other on the couch and watch some Netflix. Like, you know, you can still share a meal, even though you haven't resolved an issue that you might be dealing with. It's okay. You don't have to like stonewall or um, constantly be volatile just because you haven't resolved a conflict. Like it's normal. And sometimes it takes some time or sometimes the hurt goes so deep that you need a minute. And all of that is okay. You guys like conflict in marriage is normal. Yeah. Oh, that's so well said. It's not something to fear. It's not something to Mm -hmm. run away from. It's not an indicator that there's something wrong. Of course, it could be if it's unhealthy Mm -hmm. and you're hurting versus having a conversation. But oh, Mm -hmm. so well said. Well, listeners, we're so thankful for you. And we have so much wonder and excitement and goodness coming up on Why Though. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners. Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.